In the spirit of Christmas, so many of us, myself included, can get bogged down by the shopping list and a full calendar and so many demands on our time and our wallets. But what really matters amidst all of that? Today, we're discussing the great gift we can give to others and to Jesus just by simply following a prompting. Right. As it happens many times, we were praying. We always pray before we start recording. And I have this list. I'll actually share it just as an intro. But I had this list of unconventional service. And I was planning on doing a podcast episode all about how you can serve in unconventional ways during the holidays. But as we were praying, one of these like just leapt out to me, jumped out, stood out. It was like bold letters. And I was like, okay, Heavenly Father, I'm listening. But Before I get to that, I'll just give you some of these little ideas for unconventional service that I got from lighttheworld.org. And I think sometimes we can feel like, gosh, I'm not like giving a huge chunk of money to charity this year. I didn't organize some like big over the top service project, or I'm not like sub for Santaing like an entire family's Christmas this year. And I know that The economy, inflation, a lot of people are feeling that this year and things are tight and uncomfortable for a lot of people. So here's some really cool ideas. Send a note or leave a note for someone. Invite somebody to something. I saw on Instagram the other day, someone shared that this mother had given out like a party invitation, but it said on there, this is an open invitation. Please invite anyone you want. Which was so cool because how many times do you know of someone who is being left out or maybe wasn't invited? And so that's a cool idea. Clean up trash. Practice self-care. I loved that they had that on there. Send a funny meme to someone. Teach a new skill. Pray for someone. Forgive someone. Call someone you miss. Text a fond memory photo to someone. Let someone go in front of you in a line apologize, laugh with someone. So, you know, lots of ideas of ways that we can truly uplift people from the heart, like from the inside out, which I love. But the one thing that just jumped out at me on this list was follow a prompting. And I think that this time of year, especially if you get on your knees and you ask Heavenly Father at the beginning of the day, like, who can I serve? Show me show me how I can help someone or show me who needs help that he will definitely show you. I mean, that is a year round thing, but especially during the Christmas season, if your heart is yearning to celebrate Jesus in a way that he would love. And we know that he's asked us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and that that's the most important thing to him. That's a great way to go about that is just to say like, who needs my help? Show me today. Like, what can we do? together today, you know, with your help, like help someone's name come into my mind or help me to know how I can serve someone or help me to see something that I wouldn't have seen. Help me to have eyes to see. No, I love that. And I love, um, there's a lot of, I always bring it back to 12 step or recovery at some point, but that's kind of the zone that of reference that makes sense to me and that I'm in quite a bit. Um, in my conversations or just going to meetings. But one of the things is that we talk a lot about is praying to know like who God wants us to help today. 
or the addict who is still still sick, you know, praying for that person or um, a knowledge of praying for a knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. And so a lot of times that comes down to service and small acts of service or more so communication or talking to someone or reaching out to somebody and giving support that way or encouragement or speaking to them in some way. That's a lot of times what comes to mind um, for a lot of people or for uh, that's what happens for me. I'm not great at, I don't know, coming up with like great desserts to drop off to people, which, you know, I think some people are like, that's their talent and their gift. And it is much appreciated. Like I've, we've been on the receiving end of that. I'm like, man, that's so nice that they would think of that. We have a neighbor that brings us bread a lot. It's it's so good. It's so good. The sourdough bread. I'm like, oh, she's so nice. It's like fresh out of the oven. And she does it like pretty frequently. And so that's like a talent and a gift I don't possess. Um, But some people are so good at that. So I think fundamentally it's just following following this, uh, a prompting the spirit, you know, inner voice, whatever makes sense to you or whatever your belief system is like listening to, to your gut in order to go do something good or help someone. And when you think of who is a good example of this, who do you think of? Jesus. Well, yes, Jesus. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'm particularly thinking of Thomas S. Monson because oh, yeah, that was kind of his leader of our thing. Church. He was, yeah, he was the last leader of our church before Russell M. Nelson. And his theme was kind of like, just ask and then follow a prompting right away. And he tells this like heartbreaking story of when he was a bishop and he was in a big meeting, I think. And he got this prompting from the spirit, like, go see this person. And the meeting had just started. And he was like, I like, I can't get up in the middle of this meeting or right at the beginning and walk out. And so he waited till the end of the meeting. He got up and rushed out, like, I think during the closing song. And he went, he got to the hospital, he walked in and they were like, oh, you know, Bishop Monson, you just missed it. She was calling your name right before she died and that this person had just died and how he just decided in that moment, like, I'll never delay a prompting. Like, if I feel it, I'm just going to act on it immediately. And he also said, there's a really sweet little, uh, what would you call it? Like a little biographical video called on the Lord's errand. You can look it up on YouTube. It's like an hour long, but he says at the very end, he says something like, I wanted the Lord to know that if he ever needed an errand ran that Tom Monson would run that errand for him. And I think about that a lot about like, am I willing to run an errand for the Lord? Like if he needs me to do something, do I just drop it? drop what I'm doing and my agenda and what I think is a good idea. And do I do that? And I think about, you know, a few years ago when my dear friend, Amy, she, so she's been on the podcast to talk about her son crew. And we have been on the receiving end of so much service from Amy. Like I I sometimes will say no one has served me more than Amy, except for maybe my own mother because she's just made us so many meals and been there for us so many times. And so when her son was diagnosed with cancer, I remember being like, okay, I really want to be helpful. So I 
jumped in the car and I was going to go down and just get a bunch of meals and and food and things that I thought would help them from Trader Joe's. I got in my car. I started driving down the street and the spirit said, go turn around. And oh no, I had, and I had grabbed this brand new Barefoot Dreams cardigan. And I was going to go to the store and get all the groceries and then come back and drop off the groceries and the cardigan all together. And the spirit said, go drop the cardigan off first. And I was like, oh, but I like, I really want to go get the groceries. And it was strong. It was like, no, go drop this cardigan off. So I did it even though it was like, well, this wasn't really the way I was planning on it, but whatever. And Amy has told me some, you know, more than once that that was so important to do in that moment because when she went to the hospital that day, she had time just to grab that and then go to the hospital. And then they found out like the official diagnosis of Cruz cancer. And she talks about how it was so cold in that hospital and that she was wearing the cardigan and that it was like, you know, like a hug, like a warm blanket around her. And so we, we joke about like the, the magic of the cardigan and how she's now done that for other people too, like dropping off this barefoot dreams cardigan. And so I think about that and about how that was not my idea. That was not like the way that I had it planned. That's not what I wanted to do. It just was the spirit that was like, do this first and do it now. And some of the coolest experiences in my life have been when I've done something immediately and not waited and not been like, well, right now is not a good time. I'll get around to it or I'll, yeah, like later, I'll do that later. It's usually, there's a reason why you receive a prompting at that moment and it's so important to follow it immediately. Yeah. And I think it's easy to question. It's it's like so awkward sometimes to just, I don't know, at least for me and like my human nature is to, to be like, I don't want to bug them. Like they're probably, especially mm-hmm. if someone's going through a tough thing or having a, you know, they're real, really busy or whatnot. It's like, well, okay, I don't want it to be like be disruptive or come, you know, banging on their door or whatever. Um, and so we can talk ourselves out of, I, I can talk myself out of helping or following a prompting so easily, but it's really cool to see, you know, just to take action on that. And, and I love just the concept of just try, you know, trying the Lord, like, like try, try it. You know, if you received a prompting, just do it. And sometimes I've had experiences where I've like, okay, I did this and I didn't really see anything. Nothing really happened. And okay. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe something did come of that, but I think a lot of times we really under, at least I, I, I've underestimated what that does for people until afterwards they're like, man, you have no idea that was so helpful. Or you called in a moment that I was really just in a bad way or, you know, not, not thinking well. And, and I, I think in recovery or 12 step, you know, programs, we call each other frequently in the program, um, just to check in and just say hi. And I've had several experiences and, and one in particular that I can think of recently where I just, a name kept popping into my head and just left this person a voicemail and was like, Hey man, like your name is coming into my mind. I just wanted to call and just say, how's it going? And, um, you know, he called me back and was like, Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling. I need help. I need, you know, need a, a blessing, um, which, which is something that we do in our church. And so we were able to go and, and give this person a blessing and it was just a really cool, powerful experience. And, and I really felt like it was just a matter of being an instrument, 
you know, I think the, the natural person is like, oh yeah, like awesome. I did this great thing and I follow it. And it's like, no, it's, it's not like that at all. Um, that wasn't my idea. And it was really, God works through us to do great things to serve his children. Yeah, it's very interesting when you watch how he orchestrates these things and how prayers are often answered through other people and through other people listening to immediate promptings. And as you were talking about, you know, friends in recovery, it made me think of a story that I actually shared recently on Instagram about one of our good friends in recovery who told this story once at a 12-step meeting, and I think about it all the time, that he he talked about how he's a surfer and he went down to surf and that he, it was like an evening surf session and then he got out of the water and was, I don't know, drying off or whatever. And then he saw this kid who was like, you know, probably like 19, 20-ish, maybe 21, who got out of the water and he had this prompting like, go talk to him. And he was like, dude, I'm not going to like go talk to him. Like, I don't even know this kid. He's going to be like, why are you talking to me, bro? Like, (laughs) but he said, if I even think it's like 20, 30% that maybe I got a prompting that maybe that was a thought that wouldn't have come from my head. I just do it. I just follow it. So he talks about how he goes up to this kid and just like strikes up a conversation. And it turns out that this kid is like, yeah, I just got home from a mission and I'm really struggling with addiction. And he opens up to him and this friend of ours is like, oh, well, I know exactly where you can go for help. And he shares with them, like, here's our local 12 step meeting. Here's what time we meet and where, and I'm there every week and it's an awesome group. And so if he hadn't followed that prompting, then this kid never would have found out like where to go for help. And I just thought that was so cool. And I think about it all the time. If there's even like a 20 or 30% chance that maybe it was a prompting and it's a good thing that you're being prompted to do, like you just do it. You just follow it. I think the spirit speaks so softly. You talk about like the Bible, you know, talks about like a small, still small voice or scriptures tell us that it's, it's not like a, like a blatantly obvious sometimes maybe in some instances or stories, but most of the time it's like a, kind of like a a peaceful, quiet voice that speaks to us. So it's easy, especially with the noise and hustle and bustle of holidays or different things going on. Like right now, I mean, it's, you know, we're coming up on mid-December. It's right before Christmas. It's super busy to like cut through that noise and listen. Um, Can be challenging, but it's kind of, it's really cool. I've had a lot of experiences where I've been in like a, you know, noisy, loud place and had like spiritual impressions and promptings that cut through that and, and really speak to it. But it's the type of thing that like, I need to be prepared to follow those things. And so, you know, doing the simple dailies that I, that I do, or, you know, that we can do of like prayer, reading, you know, scripture or, um, you know, doing something spiritually to sharpen up the, you know, our ears to hear those promptings. Um, is super important and can really put us in the right direction to be able to, to help somebody. And I think you mentioned this earlier too about like, oh, I'm not good at dropping off desserts or whatever. I love to make food for people, but I oftentimes find myself being like, oh, well, like I got to have time to put something together for them or I want to drop something off. And really, you don't need to bring anything. And, you know, when I was on bed rest last year, it was so isolating. It was so lonely to be in this room 
but I'm looking at the bed (laughs) and how, you know, I spent six months just sitting in that bed and how hard it was to not socialize, to not see people at church. It almost was like living COVID 2.0 and the things that meant the most to me, like, yeah, it meant a lot when people took the time to make dinner for our family. That was super helpful. But you would always send people upstairs, like, like go talk to Corinne. And when they dropped off a meal and it was so meaningful to me to have someone sit on my bed, even for five minutes and just talk to me. And those friends that remembered to come by and, and sit on the bed with me and talk to me are those those talks were just sacred. They were so important to me and they kept me going and they helped just feed my spirit and helped me to not just feel so alone and go frankly, like not go crazy. And I think that a lot of times we overcomplicate the opportunity to just talk to someone, even like send them a quick text or Marco Polo or, oh my gosh, this is a great memory from last year. I was sitting at home by myself and everybody was at church. So it was on a Sunday and I got a FaceTime, a FaceTime popped up from my friend Katie. And at first I was like, oh, like that's so random that she, she's never FaceTimed me before. But since I was just sitting there, it it only rang like once or twice and then it turned off. But I was like, well, I'm going to call her back. So I FaceTimed her back and she was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm just getting everybody's addresses for Christmas cards. And I meant to text you and I accidentally FaceTimed you, but she sat there and talked to me and she was like, this totally wasn't a mistake. This was definitely, you know, tender mercy orchestrated from the Lord. And, and so even something as simple as that, just like a FaceTime call or it's happened to me a lot of times with just a Marco Polo too, where I'm face to face talking to someone who really means a lot to me in my life, those interactions are so much more important than picking out a gift or wrapping something up or, you know, making someone feel like you spent a lot of money on them. Like it's the most important thing is just your time and your attention and being willing to reach out to people and let them know that you see them because everybody wants to be seen. Yeah. And I think about also like a lot of times I'll get an opportunity to, to serve or to help. And like, that can be an answer to a prayer for me where it's like, man, I'm feeling negative or down or struggling or depressed or whatever, some negative feeling. And I'm praying for help. And a lot of, like, I've had this happen a few times recently where it's like, I'll have an opportunity to go serve somebody or help somebody. I'll get a phone call or a text and it's like, Hey, can you help, you know, so-and-so is moving and they need this done. Can you help out? And, and like, that is, that's like the answer to prayer is like, go help somebody go serve. And here's an opportunity to do it. And it, and it's cool. Like I feel so much better. And in doing service for others, like, you know, God blesses us with what we need and what we're looking for and maybe even praying for as far as what, you know, what we need from him. Um, it's a really cool thing, like how service works that, that way. So the power of, of following promptings is, is just so amazing. And for whatever reason, I think a lot of times around busy holiday times, there seems to be a lot of opportunities to do that. Okay. This is such a sweet little story. 
It's called A Little Girl in Santa Claus. And it's actually by President Monson, but it's from like 1966. So he says, just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of taking my family downtown as Santa Claus made his appearance. It was interesting. Crowds gathered. One little girl I particularly noticed had been standing on the side of the curb for what seemed like many minutes waiting for this great event. Just as Santa Claus was to make his entry, great throngs of people crowded in front of her and she began to cry. A six-foot-three man who stood by her asked, "'What's the matter, dear?' She said, "'I've been waiting to see Santa, and now I can't see him.' He picked her up and placed her on his shoulders, providing her a commanding view. As Santa Claus came by, she waved her little hand toward him, and he smiled and waved back to her and everyone else who was in the crowd. That little girl grabbed the hand, grabbed the hair of the great big fellow and exclaimed, "'He saw me! He smiled at me! I'm so glad it's Christmas!' That little girl had the Christmas spirit. But how cool that that man saw this little girl, like because he saw her and noticed her and decided to do something kind and charitable. Then she felt seen too, like she got to see Santa Claus. But that really is that spirit of Christmas of of looking for that person. And I remember we had someone in our last church congregation, it was the bishop's wife, who she talked about working the corners of the room. Like she would go into a room, she'd go into a party, she'd go into whatever gathering, and she would look for the corners and work the corners of the room. The people who are sitting alone, the people who aren't talking to anyone. And it's it's interesting that the holidays can be a really hard time for people. Like it can be a hard time for people who are recovering addicts. It can be an exceptionally triggering time for people who are working through grief. Like maybe you can speak to those two things because you've experienced both. Yeah. Well, I I think there can be so many great things about the holidays, which are where you feel all of these memories. But part of that is like, you feel memories. You look at, you're reminded of things. You're reminded of your family when, when you grew up. And then if you've lost one of those family or members or multiple family members, the grief is just instantaneous because you have a feeling associated with these people or, or this person. And then it comes up and that all of that, it just, it's like a, that wave. And they talk about that with grief, like it comes in waves and sometimes you just get hit out of nowhere. Um, and it can be in like a really awesome moment where you're just there, you're celebrating and then like something remin, you know, reminiscent of a certain time or, or event or, anything just triggers this, this memory and this grief can just roll in. Um, and so I think being cognizant of that and I, so much of the time, I feel like we forget, I forget to be just like patient with myself or Mm. gentle or, or I think there can be a temptation to be like, man, it's been five years, like six years, like just, just, I mean, like my, my kind of you know, drill sergeant self can come in and be like, just get over it, man. Like it's been long enough. You don't need to feel, you know, and, and that's not being gentle to yourself or, or being kind. So I think it is a process and, and really what I've learned through and am continuing to learn through the grief process is like, you have to, to let it, pass through like the tears have to fall like the emotions have to be felt that like pushing those away it's not helping them to um 
to kind of run their course, so to speak, um, or the learning to take place. And so that's something that, that can come up, you know, especially this time of year is if there has been a loss or a challenge, it just, it's a stark reminder. And that's when you sometimes feel it the most. And so what if people helped, what if people done that have helped you like specifically maybe where you think maybe they've followed a prompting or they listened and they were the Lord's hands or, you know, voice or whatever, like where an answer to a prayer came through a person either, you know, as you've been going through grief the last almost five years or as an addict where you've, you know, we talked about how it can be a really triggering and hard time. Can you think of an example? I think just people calling, like, especially people calling, um, just friends and connecting. And I've had that experience where people just randomly out of nowhere, sometimes like there's a, a person, a, a mission companion, someone that I served my mission with just called me. He's like, Hey man, here's like your once in, you know, 20 year call, like what's up, man. And just, just said a lot of really nice things. And the same missionary companion, he's, he's like texted me a few times as well. And just, just said, just being who he is, he was like really a motivational, like inspirational person in general. And especially for me at that time, like when I was up in Canada serving a mission and um, and so, yeah, he, he reached out and I think that that had, that has an impact. It's kind of one of those moments of, um, you really feel like God's listening kind of, it's kind of a reminder of like, Hey, I'm watching. Like, I know, every, I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're feeling. Cause even when I pray, sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm trying to articulate this, but I don't even know you know, there's this sense that God doesn't understand it, you know, exactly what I'm saying, which is totally not true. Um, you know, or like, a, if you don't ask for things just the right way or yeah, say it like, just the right way, it, then you're not going to, like, not it's a, communicating it. Like he doesn't get it. Or I, like, there's a formula <laughs> to like, you say the right things and then, then, then the, it's like a vending machine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of weird thought processes that can happen even in just in seeking help from God or praying. Um, but I love the scripture that talks about like even the like the groanings of the soul, like he hears and understands. But this person, you know, and and I've had several people do it where it's like just calling and just saying hi and expressing appreciation for something that maybe, you know, the relationship or something that they did or something you learned from them. That's been really impactful. Um, and I think it it has been you know, I, I hang up the phone and I'm like, man, that was so inspired of that person. And they have no idea, like, you know, how they answered a prayer, like something that I've been praying about. And then they just happened to bring up, you know, an article or a talk or some experience that speaks directly to what I was praying about. And, and that one happens quite a bit or has been happening quite a bit. Well, I want to go back to what you said about patience and being patient with yourself. I think funny enough, we call this like the hustle and bustle of Christmas season and it can feel so frenzied and overwhelming and there's so many things to get to and so many gifts to buy and so many lists to cross things off of. And it's almost like I feel like as I zoom out and look at all of that, it's almost like the adversary's like, if I can just keep them busy then they miss the whole point. You know, if I can just keep everybody obsessed with the wrong things, 
then they'll forget that this is about the birth of Jesus. They'll forget that it's about service and about love and about the heart. They'll they'll just commercialize it to death and be consumed in all of the wrong things. And, you know, distraction is one of, I think, the devil's best tools because he keeps us from focusing on the right things. And a lot of times they're not bad things. They're just distractions. And I'm certainly guilty of that. But I think that's one of the things that a lot of us do without even realizing it until you're like, whoa, why do I feel so overwhelmed during this time of year? Why do I feel like I can't catch a break? Why does it feel so busy and so overwhelming? And that's where I think it's fine to step back and say, I don't have to do all the things. I don't have to go to every party or I don't have to buy gifts for everyone or how can we simplify and where can I put more focus that will really like reap the kind of rewards that I, that I want. Once you stop and just evaluate, like, what are my priorities? What do I want my kids to see? What do I want them to remember? I don't want them to remember like a frenzied mom. That's just like trying to overdo it and is more all about like making it to every little thing rather than thinking about Jesus. And that's one of the reasons why every year I love to watch it's a wonderful life because it's that great reminder of, wait, what is, what matters in this life? And you watch George Bailey go through this whole trans transformative experience of feeling like he's failure, feeling like everything in his life is falling apart. And then he looks at life through the lens of, well, what would happen if I just disappeared? If I just didn't exist? And he's like, Oh, it'd be better if I didn't exist. And then he sees how much his life has impacted so many other people's lives and how different things would be had he not been there for so many people to, to step in and help. You know, he was a helper. He was the kind of person that aided and helped and gave of himself. And so then when he has eyes to see all of the blessings, instead of just focusing on whatever was missing, the glass half empty, then he's just full of joy because he's like, I'm alive. I get this gift of living and being here with my family. And so that's one of my favorite things to do is watch that. My kids just like roll their eyes. They know. <laughs> Our kids are like, no. Um, I think Annie likes it. Lila doesn't like, Lila doesn't like some of the scenes where he, you know, she doesn't like anything that's like uncomfortable or where people are get hurt or anything, but it's such a good message. And then the other movie that I just love so much because, or, you know, whatever form that you take this story in, whether it's movie form or you go see it at a play is A Christmas Carol, you know, where Ebenezer Scrooge just also looks back at his life and sees how greed and the distraction of money and having that be his focus took away from so many things in his life. And then he gets a second chance to redo it, you know? And this is such a good part of what Charles Dickens wrote. He said, not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly in its little sphere, whatever it may be, will find its mortal life too short for the vast means of usefulness. Not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life opportunities misused. Yet so was I. yet such was I. Oh, such was I. And then he says, at this time of the rolling year, I suffer most. 
Why did I walk through the crowds of my fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? And what I love about this is where he talks about why didn't I see people? You know, why didn't I see the star? Like my eyes were turned down and I was focused on the wrong thing. So going back to the idea of following a prompting, I think that we can ask for those opportunities and then just look, just see with, I, you know, look with eyes to see like, what would God see here? Where are the opportunities and how can I be an instrument in his hands for good? Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. We're so grateful that you spent time with us today. Make sure you go follow us at Corinne Stoko or at Mint Arrow Messages on Instagram. And then if you have a second and you love the show, I would love it so much if you'd leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way people can find out about us if they haven't heard about us before. So just go tap the stars, leave a rating or a review. If you have a second, we would appreciate it so much.